time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here. This is episode number 134 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And we kiss them too. Don't forget, we brew coffee from a little coffee house in historic Gettysburg, PA. Phantom Coffee Roasters. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? Today we are drinking French Roast. It has notes of cocoa, toasted sugar, and raspberry. And it is beyond yummy. And if you want to drink some, where do you need to go? BantamRoasters.com. And follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Are you ready to sip some coffee and chat? I am. But first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubbly Farms. This month, you can receive 30% off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a longtime subscriber, and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats. Orders $40 and more ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubbly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. It's perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubbly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL30 for 30% off your first purchase. Try it today. Okay, so how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Good, good. Lots of stuff going on. Got babies growing fast. Oh my God, we're in a drought. Yeah, I mean, we started to get a little bit of rain, but man. Where's the rain? It was supposed to rain today. No rain. Well, this will be dropping two weeks from now, and I'm pretty sure we'll have had some rain between Hopefully. now and then. This morning, well, you know this. I was liming my big runs where my laying hens are. So that means spreading lime right. very thickly on these runs. And it was supposed to, and you put the lime on and then it needs to be rained on. So right. it disintegrates into the soil, brings up the pH and keeps the zinc inactive. Right. I was out until 10.30 last night laying lime because you have to wait until the chickens are in. Right. It was supposed to rain this morning. And it did not. And it did not. <laughs> and so when you called me, I was out there looking like a wild woman with coffee in one hand and a hose in the other, <laughs> desperately trying to hose down the runs. So that you could let the girls out. Yes. I'm kind of like, normally I'm like, I don't want it to rain, but it hasn't rained in so long but that we, we need, need it. it. We need it so badly that I'm like, I was looking forward to, it was supposed to rain all day today. And I'm like, this is going to be great. Everything's going to get wet down. We had like some sprinkles. That's it. Yeah. I'm like, come on. You know, I'll bring up another thing because people have been asking us about this, but there are the Canadian wildfires going on out there. They're kind of probably settled down a little bit more by now, but we've had some bad air quality and we had some people asking us some questions online Mm -hmm. about chickens being out there. Right. And, you know, what I was thinking, and this is what we've always said is, along with wind and other things, chickens are so low to the ground Mm -hmm. that their air quality is going to be much better than us. Yeah. I mean, I would just say keep an eye on your chickens. That's what I did. Yeah. That's what I did too. With the amount of chickens I have, it's not like I can pack them up and put them in the garage or the basement. Right. It's not easy with the number of chickens I have. Plus my garage is filled with babies. Lots of chickens. Have we talked about Rambo yet? We have not talked about Rambo. Well, okay. So we'll finish this and say, I agree with you. I think if you were in a place where it was bothering you, you might want to keep a super close eye on your chickens. 
I monitored all of my livestock each day and they've been fine. I feel like they have a much lower sense of gravity. They're very low to the ground. Uh And I feel like the smog is much, like you're higher up. The smog is much higher. So their air quality is probably better than ours. That's very possible. I didn't thought about that, but it makes sense. Yeah. So that's why I say just keep an eye on them. If you notice any respiratory distress, then bring them in for sure. Right. But yeah, we haven't talked about Rambo. Rambo. Hmm. Rambo. So I shall tell the story of Rambo. A couple of weeks ago, our friend Kelly, who runs Poultry DVM and Adopt a Bird Network, Network, sent us a message asking us if one of us could foster a bantam rooster. And if that one of us was going to be one of us, it was going to be you. Well, yes. (laughs) Apparently, this poor guy had been dumped at an apartment complex in York, Pennsylvania, which is right up the road from me. Not cool, people. Not cool. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And I said, sure, you know, we can foster him. No problem. Well, then I saw the photo of him. Yeah. He's a Belgian Ducle. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he was terrified out of his mind. It's, I'm sure. My husband went up to get him first, couldn't catch him, spent all afternoon trying to catch him. And then he and I went back that night with headlamps. And yeah. luckily we found him in about 10 minutes and brought him home. He's had some adjustment issues. <laughs> to say it nicely. Yes. Well, the long story short is he's fine with Pete, but he doesn't like me and he is equally scared of me and attacks me. Yeah. So it must have been a lady who had him. Probably. Yeah. So I can't imagine how someone could be so mean to such a this little is sweetheart. What we say about roosters and, you know, the rooster plan and everything else. Know what you're getting into before you get these animals. It's not cool to dump them somewhere. They don't know what to do. It's horrible. It's horrible. So he is now a new member of your family. Yeah, there's no fostering. He's he's Pete's Rambo. Pete named him Rambo. Yeah, I think that Kelly had listed him as Teddy, but no. Rambo Teddy? No, he's Rambo. He's definitely Rambo. (laughs) So He's Pete's buddy that he walks around the farm with. He does. He takes him out on walks. So yes, Holly Ann has yet another rooster that she rescued. Another rescue rooster, yeah. I mean, most of that credit goes to Pete. It really does. It does. He spent far more time than I did. But anyway- People, stop dumping roosters. And we're probably preaching to the choir here. Yeah, because everyone listening to If us you're is- listening to this podcast, you're probably not a rooster dumper. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, it's a new insult. You rooster dumper. Oh, man. Well, that brings us to this. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Two reasons. One, you never miss an episode. And two, it's another great way to help us grow. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you can tell some chicken-loving friends about the show. We're 25. You can share your favorite episodes on social media. You can head over to our Etsy shop, check out the t-shirts and mugs that we have for sale. You can become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Check out our levels of membership. Thank you to our most recent patrons. We have a fantastic group right now. Oh my goodness, I love those ladies. And the other thing you can do to help support the podcast is visit our website and our show notes, use our affiliate links and discount codes, and buy products from our sponsors. Yay! Hey, Chris. Yeah? Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the February box, I absolutely love the red iron rooster trivet and the seed block. 
I really love that egg timer. It's going to be great when I'm baking. And those chicken stickers are going to be awesome on notes I send out. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals Health Products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business, working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog today. Aware, a wee wee, it's time for the breed spotlight. Wee wee, yeah. We are French. <laughs> we are French. <laughs> so this week's breed spotlight is the Houdan. The Houdan. The Houdan. Because I love this chicken. Well, it's a good thing we're drinking French roast coffee as we talk about the French chicken. There's a little theme going on here. There is. And as everyone knows who follows us on social, I now have three houdans. Yeah, and yeah. I love them immensely. They're hilarious. They are so funny. Let me tell you, this breed of chicken is hilarious. They really are. So the houdan is a dual-purpose French heritage breed that is best known for their striking appearance. It's striking. It is very striking, and their striking personality. I'm finding. I out. tell you, I opened that box from McMurray Hatchery and just cracked <laughs> up when I saw their little crested heads. Their crests are getting so big. So the houdan has. A large Polish-style crest and a beard, and they're best known in the black and white mottled color variety. Yes. So the chicks were like a yellow chick, and their back and wings were black. Now, that changes, but... And they had a crest, like they had a little pouffant. They hatched with a crest, yeah. Yeah. A pouffant? A pouffant. Yes, and it was so cute from the beginning that now it's just like it's turning into a hairdo. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a great pouffant. And this chicken is, I don't know, it's incredibly calm, great personality, and I would say great for families. They're also very good layers. I love when you can get a gentle chicken that's a good layer. Oh, yeah. Now, after the 2022 poultry census, the Houdan was moved down into the critically endangered category of the Livestock Conservancy's conservation priority list. Right. This bird needs help. I'm doing my job. Well, I would say if you're interested in the Polish, Mm -hmm. maybe... Investigate a Houdan instead? Yeah, because I was looking into Polish, and then we started looking and researching different breeds, and when we started looking into the Houdan more, I was like, wait, this chicken has everything the Polish has and more. Well, a few years ago, we were at the Maryland Poultry Swap, and there's a he's a local vet, Dr. Eric Wiles, I believe, in the next county over, and he breeds Houdan. He breeds a lot of rare breeds, but he had Houdans there at the swap. And I even said to you, I'm really tempted by those Houdans. Yeah. 
And I think you reminded me that I had no space. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> As I always remind you, but it really doesn't matter. It does not. Now, the Houdan has a little bit of a mystery in their early story. They're mysterious. Yes. <laughs> Very silly and mysterious. Like a lot of our favorite heritage breeds, the Houdans were improved. I'm using my air quotes. Everybody, she's using air quotes. Improved during the 1800s, notably in the village of Houdan, Houdan. in Normandy, France. And when we say improved, and I do the air quotes, it's because that was the trend there, was to take a more primitive breed and breed it to be a bigger bird, to be more commercially viable. Right. I'm a big fan of primitive breeds across all livestock. So to me, I don't think they were doing them any favors. They weren't. They were doing the bigger is better thing. Right, right. And it's not always that way. Except with Brahmas and Cochins. Yeah. And Orpingtons. Anyway, we digress. Like the Favreals, the Houdans were bred and raised as a dual-purpose bird for the London and Paris markets. But there are some written records here and there that suggest that the Houdan is far older. Oh, yeah. Most poultry historians credit the Dorkings and either the Krevkor or the Polish as their foundation breed, but we really don't know. We know that that fifth toe that the Houdan is has- a Yeah, almost certainly from the Dorking. And the Krevkor gives them the V-comb. That's very possible. The Krevkor is also very old. The Dorking is very, very old. And we have no real way of knowing what those first strains of Houdans looked like. So it's really hard to guess how much they were altered or changed over the centuries. Right. But we're pretty sure that this is an old, old continental breed. Oh, yeah. For sure. Definitely. Now, the Houdans were first imported into England in the 1850s. And this is where the breed intersects with a little known bit of chicken history. Let's go. There was a man named George Kennedy Galen. I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. It's G-E-Y-E-L-I-N. Galen is how I think it is. Okay. Pronounced. So George Kennedy Galen Gylen. I wish I knew how to pronounce this. He organized the National Poultry Company in the UK during the mid-19th century. Now, this was probably one of the earliest attempts at industrial farming in the whole Atlantic world. Okay. Wow. He maintained that poultry could be reared in large enclosed buildings in a scientific manner. Boo hiss. Now, the various rooms or departments of the company were connected by glass-covered walkways with cement floors. My impression after reading all this is that it sounds like a Victorian chicken asylum. It's just crazy to me. Well, he believed in the superiority of the French fowl, and he put a lot of effort into establishing the various French breeds in the UK. He even wrote a book about this. It's Galen's poultry breeding in a commercial point of view as carried out by the National Poultry Company, and it was published in 1867. Could he made the title a little shorter, man? That was a long title. That, the titles used to be that way. Yeah. That was long. I feel like titles on books are getting long again on nonfiction. But yeah, that's it's crazy. I digress there. So anyway, according to Lewis Wright, okay. this whole what venture- What have to say about What this? I said last week to stop throwing shade at my man. I'm throwing shade at Lewis. He always has something to say, man. And thank God for it. <laughs> according to Lewis Wright, the venture had a disastrous end. It's disastrous. I don't know what happened, though, because I don't have the book, and he doesn't really say. Essentially, as far as the French fowl went, the Houdan was judged to be one of the best. Right. They were extremely popular in the UK until the early 20th century- and people kept them both as a practical bird and as show chickens. Well, they're definitely a show chicken. Absolutely. That's for sure. Now, the Houdans showed up in the U.S. in the 1860s. Wow, okay. So pretty early on. Pretty early on, yeah. 
They were accepted in the continental class in the American Poultry Association Standard of Perfection in the original printing in 1874. Nice. They were in the black and white mottled color variety. Now, an American breeder had begun developing a white strain of the Houdan by crossing mottled Houdans with white Polish, which kind of makes perfect sense. Right. And that was accepted by the APA in 1914. So when you think about these original breeds that were in the APA's first standard of perfection, would you have guessed a Houdan was in there? Yes. You would have. I would have, yes. Because I know it's a very old classic bird. Mm-hmm. So I would have guessed that they put it in there. Yeah. But it's like the best of both worlds, to be honest with it you. It is, yeah. Between the Polish and, I mean, it's got a lot of extras. It's like a bird with a lot of extras. I just love the fact that it has that fifth toe in there. It's crazy. Joe was looking the other day and he's like, I don't see the purpose of this fifth toe. It can't even put weight down on the fifth toe. I'm like, it's just there. It's just there. I mean, the Favreals have them too. Yeah. Have you ever seen the nail on that fifth toe gets crazy? Eliza. It's I'm crazy. like, babe, you need a pedicure. I'm I chasing know. croissant I know. around. I know. So let's talk about the size of the birds. They are standard size birds. And they kind of have a taller, upright kind of thing mm-hmm. that they're going to do. Yeah. The hens are averaging at about six pounds, and the roos are about eight. Now, right now, I don't see that. I feel like they're going to be smaller, but It'll be interesting we'll see. to see how they grow out, yeah. Yeah. The mottled hoodan is black with white spangles, while the white is just white, exactly as it says. Both varieties have a full crest, a beard, and a small V-shaped cone. That's pretty cool. I thought it was fascinating that early on, the houdan apparently had a leaf-shaped or sometimes a, described as a butterfly-shaped comb. Maybe it was a fat V. <laughs> a fat V comb. <laughs> well, whatever it was, it was pretty well bred out of them by 1900. That would have been interesting to see. I feel like the butterfly comb. Fancy, fancy. Yeah, for sure. Now, I talked about this because I still laugh when I think about opening that McMurray box, but as chicks, their crest is quite visible. Oh, yeah. It is. They have white earlobes and small waddles, mostly covered by their beards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Both color varieties have white legs, but there may be model black spots on those model Houdan legs. Okay. We'll see. Mine are model. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the white. Mine are going to be very colorful. Very Very colorful. colorful. Yeah. Okay. So the hens are very good layers of large white eggs. Numbers vary, but anywhere from about 150 to 200 plus per year. That's a pretty big range. That's a pretty big range. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So according to the Livestock Conservancy, Houdan roosters are quite ardent, which is apparently means full of love. Yeah, yeah. They like their girlies. They like to love while they're French. So they require <laughs> a large flock of hens. Yeah. To spread the love around. That we, Yeah, you will. So hopefully all my three are girls. Let's hope that is the case. What's going to happen if you got a rooster? You I keep, don't know. You're keeping them, right? Yeah. Hens are non-setters, so if you want to breed them, you're going to need an incubator. Or a broody hen, I guess. Or a broody hen. And if you have them in with somebody else, then yeah, they prefer what? They prefer a dry and sunny environment, but not overly hot. They will need plenty of shade. Now, they don't do well in very cold environments, especially if it's, there's snow and ice, because ice in their crest can cause really bad frostbite. Oh, yeah, for sure. You also want to keep an eye on the beard and crest and do periodic mite checks because that's just the perfect place for creepy crawlies to burrow. That and also with grooming them, you're going to want to make sure they can see because that crest is going to go over the eyes. Yep. 
So that's something I'm going to have to get good at because these are my first chickens that have crests. I have to trim honeysuckle. So, so you I can, can show me. That, yeah. yeah, you can show me where to cut. Because of that, the houdans probably are not ideal for free ranging. And like you just said, you need to check the birds to make sure they're not feather blind. They need to be able to see to eat and forage and to keep themselves safe from attacks by flock mates exactly. and predators. Exactly. So the crest trimming, yeah, we can probably even do a video of that. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. They are a good homestead bird, but not if you just want to let your birds out every morning and expect them to thrive. Yeah, they need some extra assistance. They definitely need more care than that. They're a little bit of a fancy bird. They have a lot of practical attributes, but they do have a lot of the fancy about them. Yes, they do. They are excellent chickens for beauty and companionship. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. They're great for eggs, and they are a wonderful addition to a laid-back flock. Yeah. So they're one of the continentals that would do really well with the Asiatics and the English breeds. Well, they're with Cochins. Right. And a Buff Warpington. Yeah, perfect. And Perfection. They're, but they're going in with the big girls, so we'll see. See how that goes. But I'm going to tell you this already. They have strong personalities. They're not laid back in there. Well, although but are my coaches have strong personalities too. Right. I was going to say, are they bullying? You know who right now are acting like bossy boss ladies are my Brahmas, the dark Brahmas. <laughs> and I'm like, how are you Brahmas? <laughs> they run up, one of them runs up and bites me. <laughs> I'm getting bitten by chickens all over the place lately. <laughs> A Brahma ran up to bite you? Yes. Yeah. But remember, Agatha Christie, my very gentle Jersey giant, used to bite me in the brooder. I would stick my finger in there. She would bite me all the time. Well, Margo, she's like, she's speedy. That's the buffalo because she speeds around. Uh-huh. And then the coachins try to peck her. I'm like, look, just because she looks different doesn't mean you have to go but after that's her. that's going to change. Because yeah. you know as well as I do, there aren't too many speedy Orpingtons out there. <laughs> she's speedy now, she's, man. Enjoy that right now, little girl. And the Houdans, they are just a ball of fun. I mean, they're always looking up at you. You get them out. They jump up on you. They're just... They run and slide. I love it. They've got such a fun personality. Well, when mine were like a day or two old, the most outgoing was Jane Goodall, the Langshin. Yeah. And she's the shyest now. It's funny how quickly their personalities evolve. I have one coach in, who is the smallest, who's Francesca. She's the most shy. Uh-huh. Everybody else is like in your face. Yeah. You unzip it and they're like, ah, uh, yeah, we're coming <laughs> out. Thank you. Party time. Okay. So... Where do we get them? Where do we get them? Murray McMurray Hatchery. Yes. Yes, they do sell Houdan chicks. That's where mine came from. Yeah, and they're gorgeous. The Lifestyle Conservancy's breeder directory is another good place to try. While there used to be a Houdan Breeders Club, they exist no more. They're gone. So if you want to join a club, the Polish Breeders Club also promotes the Houdan, the Krevkor, and the Sultan. Because they're all similar. Yeah. They're all kind of like together in that Sultan same group. is one that I would like to have sooner rather than later. I mean, they're really endangered right now. And they're extremely fancy. Extremely, extremely fancy. Like we said, if you're interested in the Polish, give the Houdan a look. You'd probably be happy about it. I mean, they're gorgeous You'll birds. Be ecstatic. Yeah. Trust me, you will love. <laughs> I love my Gigi, Fifi, and Celeste. I love them. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Nestera.us. 
For a 5% discount, use the affiliate link in our show notes, on our website, and on Instagram. Link in bio. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We personally use Roosties products with our chickens and we're huge fans. They have their awesome nesting pads, do-it-yourself feeder and waterer kits, and they've just released their best product ever, a new chick feeder and waterer set. They have adjustable legs to keep food and water clean. They're super well-made, and the feeder even has a removable lid so it can easily be filled from the top. So if you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, all their products are available for prime delivery on Amazon.com. Check out the Roosty store on Amazon or follow the link in our show notes. Okay, so are we ready to move on to main topic? Yeah. 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 This week's main topic, we're talking prolapse. Yeah. It can happen, and it does happen. It does happen, and we've seen a little bit of it lately. It often happens to new layers who are straining a lot, trying to lay their first eggs. So cloacal prolapse or vent prolapse occurs when the interior tissue of the chicken's vent is pushed and protruding outwards. So trying a little too hard. Yeah. It's possible in both males and females, much more common in hens. Because it happens when they're trying to lay an egg. Often, yep, yep. Now, there are different degrees of prolapse. In some cases, there's just a little bit of tissue bulging out. In other cases, it can be a substantial length. It can be scary, too. And like you said, it generally happens a lot with new pullets laying eggs for Mm -hmm. the first time because they're unaware of what's going on with their bodies. Right. And they really try to push. Yes. push a little too hard. All of these cases can be complicated by injury to that protruding tissue. Exactly. Especially pecking injuries. Right. Because chickens are going to look, and if something looks different to them, they're going to go after it. It tends to be like shiny, bright pink. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you find a bird with prolapse, you want to immediately move them to a safe place away from other poultry in a very clean environment. Yeah. That's interior tissue that is in the outside right now. And it needs to stay moist. Yeah. That tissue cannot dry out. You want to take the time to carefully examine the tissue and see what you're working with. Take a good look. The two most common causes of prolapse are... Straining. That's one. Pushing a little too hard, usually to lay an egg, or from reproductive disease. And minor prolapse can occur in young hens when they are just starting to lay and straining to pass their first egg. So strainings that's the key we got to look into here. And I'm guessing with the tumors or reproductive issues, it's the same thing. They're still trying to lay. Yeah, they're trying to push and Mm -hmm. something's pushing on it and it just can't come out. So they're still trying to push. So you go out to the run and you notice that your pullet has something strange. You pick her up. And now let's talk about what we're going to do. Well, we consider prolapse an emergency. Yes. But it's an emergency that you can generally treat yourself if it's mild enough. And I've had to do this before. Mm -hmm. Cornelia, one of my little leg bars, had this. Yeah. and When she first started laying. When she very first started laying. And, you know, it it was easy enough to treat at home. At the very least, you can start treating it depending on the severity. You can, like you said, clean it up, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have your bird in that safe, clean environment, you want to take a look at things. If you see damaged or necrotic tissue, a severe prolapse with a lot of tissue, Or if you're finding a prolapse that will not stay in after repeated tries, you want to get that bird to a vet. Yeah. What you're going to do is bring the bird up and you want to do just a warm water soak and put them in a very clean container. It has to be very clean. 
and put them in and soak everything in and let them just relax in the soak so that you can push it back in a little bit. And use a little bit of, I use KY or Vaseline, something to lube it up. So you don't want to force things, but you want to relax the chicken. Mm -hmm. I have seen, and I've not experienced this, I've seen people spray things off gently with Vetericin. You can, but I think that would burn. You think so? Yeah, that's what I would think. Like when I did it, I just did warm water in a like as clean thing as I could and use a little bit of Vaseline and just kind of let her relax and then had gloves on, Mm -hmm. use like clean, sterile gloves and just kind of pushed it back in. So if it won't stay in, Dr. Rebecca has told us that she can put a stitch or two in the tissue to hold it in place until it heals. And she said, this that works really well. And somehow the hen can still lay. Yeah. It actually probably will feel better because it keeps it secure. It's got some security to but it. But once yeah. it heals, it takes a little bit. Then you have to go back and get that stitch out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, if it won't stay in and keeps happening over and over again, that's where you're going to have to go is to the vet and have them do that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you want to catch it quick on. And this is why we say watching your chickens and looking at them every single day is a must. Absolutely. You want eyes on that. Yeah. Because that's something that you don't want sticking out for any length of time. Right. And, you know, generally, hopefully if it happened in the morning and you're like back and forth, like, or after work or whatever, you catch it before there's any necrotic tissue because that creates a whole nother thing. And sometimes part of it has to be dissected. And that is a trip to the veterinarian. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a mess. So what supplies do you keep in your first aid kit in case of prolapse? Well, I keep gloves, a lubricant. Yeah, sterile gauze. Yeah, and definitely to have even like a big Tupper, a Rubbermaid container that mm-hmm. you're just going to have for soaking. And something that you should probably have in your first aid kit anyway, Tums for a quick shot of calcium. Yeah. Because if you've got straining, it could be that your hen is having trouble with a soft child egg. Well, I was going to say she's having trouble with overduct contractions. They're not strong enough. Right. So get the calcium into her that can strengthen the contractions and stop her from straining as much. Exactly. I mean, if it's a quick one, it's not all the way out. For Cornelia, fortunately, it wasn't all the way out. Yeah, it was just protruding a little bit. Yeah, I could soak her and get it back in, get it to not be as inflamed. And she stayed out. I watched her for a little while. That was good. Right. But if it keeps happening again, and like you said, oyster shell on hand, Mm -hmm. all these different things, because- Reproductive issues are going to be one of those things that always kind of show their ugly faces with chickens. Well, hens have been bred over 10,000 years to produce a lot of eggs. Yeah. And these are the things that come along with that. So checking them multiple times a day to make sure, that's just a quick look to make sure you don't see anything strange. Yeah. Because if it goes too long and that tissue dries out, it will get infected. It will. That definitely needs, uh, that could need topical and oral antibiotics. And dissection probably. Debridement or dissection from a vet. And it can become chronic in Mm -hmm. some hens. And so you probably also need a vet's help with that. Yeah, especially if they need to tack it. And it's an easy fix. They can just tack it until it heals completely. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of those things, if you see, you can get them quickly and kind of start it yourself. Just you know, relaxing them and gloved and lubed Mm -hmm. and kind of getting it to go back in. Yeah. Because you can just, you push it back in and then sort of gently hold it in place. Yes. 
How long was it before you put her back out with the rest of the flock? I put her back out in like an hour. Okay. Yeah. Everything looked good. Everything looked good, but I did soak her for a long time in warm water Uh because that just relaxed her. Yeah. And it, you know, like it just kind of helped relax her. And then what was happening was it would just come out a little bit after she would poop a little bit. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And and then it's like, okay, so I watched her a little bit longer, but she didn't, she didn't really come out for a long period for that. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. That's when I went on vacation and you had to come check her. I had to come and check her. And I was like, I am really relieved to see that that chicken butt is perfect. And Spicy had to help you check. Oh, that was funny. (laughs) So, but this is one of these scary, but, you know, you can handle these things. And it's good to have the vet on hand in case something goes wrong. This is one of those times where we bring up our dislike of putting a light in your coop at night to keep your hen laying. Yeah. Because we feel like... That can weaken her reproductive system. Oh, yeah. You're better off letting your hens rest naturally and lay on their own natural rhythms. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's really no reason. Let them go to sleep at night and do what they're going to do. And if they're not going to lay for three days, maybe that's what their body needs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if you have any questions or concerns, give us a message over a DM message on Instagram or Facebook or email us. And we will try to help you the best we can. Okay, so let's move on to cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. This week, we're, we're doing Madeleines. So we are staying French. We're staying French. We're very French. Yes, we are. Madeleines, if you don't know, are little shell-shaped, I don't know if you want to call them cakes or cookies. They're kind of like a cross between a cake and a cookie. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had those a lot. They get that shape from a scallop-shaped Madeline pan. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have them and you still want to make these, you can use muffin tins or even mini muffins if that's all you have. Yeah. Now, Madelines are amazing, sprinkled with powdered sugar. But if you want to just go all out, drizzle them with chocolate or dip them in the chocolate. So good. So there are a bunch of myths and legends about the origin of Madelines. Some of them are religious, some of them are secular. They were most likely developed in France, though at least one story has them arriving from Poland. Okay. And the first written recipes appeared in about the 1750s. Wow. Madelines are especially well known in the Lorraine region of France, and orders of nuns were known to bake and sell them. Nice. It seems especially appropriate to bake some Madelines using... Houdan eggs. (laughs) Let's use them. So one quick note, the batter needs to chill for a few hours. So you can start these the night before, or you can start them in the morning for an afternoon bake. In other words, plan ahead a bit for these. Okay, so let's go over ingredients. We're going to do three eggs at room temperature, two-thirds cup of sugar, a pinch of sea salt, zest of one lemon or one orange, whatever flavor that you like better, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, one and a quarter cups of all-purpose flour or gluten-free one-to-one, three-quarters of a teaspoon of baking powder, one stick, that's eight tablespoons of unsalted butter melted and cooled of either dairy-free or regular, and powdered sugar or melted chocolate. So if you're planning to bake the same day, you're going to grease and flour your Madeline mold or Madeline pan or whatever you're using. You're going to pop that in the freezer until you're ready to bake. If you're baking the next day, you can prepare your pan before you preheat the oven. Okay. In a large mixing bowl, you're going to beat the eggs, sugar, salt, vanilla, and the zest, the citrus zest, on medium speed until the batter has lightened and thickened a bit. Turn the mixer into low speed. You're going to sift in the flour and baking powder until it's reasonably blended in. Right. 
Then you're going to add that melted butter a bit at a time, mixing until each addition is completely incorporated. Okay. Mix just until the batter is fully blended. Then you're going to put it in the refrigerator for that chilling period. So you want to chill it for at least three hours, but as long as a day. You can, you know, refrigerate it overnight. When you're ready to bake, preheat that oven to 425. You're going to scoop the chilled batter into each one of the Madeline molds till the mold is about three quarters full. Okay. Bake those for 10 minutes. They're going to turn a light golden brown on the edges. The gluten-free Madelines may not brown as quickly, but try not to overbake them. Don't leave them in too much longer. They'll get hard instead of being a soft cookie. Exactly. You're going to let the finished Madelines cool in the pan for about 10 minutes. Turn them out into a clean towel or a baking rack. When they're completely cool, you can dust them with powdered sugar, drizzle them with the melted chocolate, or dip them in the melted chocolate, or all three. Yay! And they're best the day they're made, but you know... You'll probably put them in an airtight tin. They'll be fine for a few yeah. days. Yeah, that would be good to give to your friends. They'll be good to have a little snack with your friend while you're talking chicken. Yeah. So it'll be great. Try it. You might like it. Send us pictures. The other thing, I didn't say this back there, but if you have Houdans, flood us with your Houdan pictures. We want to see them. Yay. Okay, so let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this week's retail therapy, we're doing something that's going to kind of go along with the cookies. Now, we all know we're coffee ladies. Uh, Yes, we are. But there is a chicken lady-owned tea company out there. It's called Mother Hen Tea Company. And boy, is her website cute. Oh, yeah, it's so cute. It's a small business. It's a chicken mom in North Carolina that blends her own tea. And some of them look amazing. They all have really cute names. Oh, yeah. Like Farm to Table. What was my favorite? Buck Buck Detox. <laughs> yeah. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. And you can get, you know, custom blends. You can get different chai blends, all different kinds. Yeah, they look amazing. Good reviews as well. Yes. And she has some adorable merchandise. Cups and t-shirts with chickens on them. Mm-hmm. So we always like to support our chicken lady that goes out and has her own small business. Absolutely. The, even the logo is cute. It's a teacup that's shaped like a hen. It's really cute. <laughs> it's really, really cute. So she does have an Instagram and she does have a website. If you'd like to try her tea, go ahead over and check it out. She even has caffeine-free and mother hen custom blends. Yes. I love that. Yeah. It's nice. Wellness teas, decaf, caffeinated, all different kinds of stuff that you can get. And you can drink it with your Madeline cookies. You can. Just like the spurred apple spice. Oh, that's sold out. <laughs> you can't get that. <laughs> but it's a great website to check out, especially if you like tea. We like coffee and tea. We do. Actually, we do drink a fair amount of tea. Oh, I found. Here's mine. Brahma Mama Blueberry. That's mine. <laughs> oh, that does sound like something you would get. It does. I also like the looks of pecking order pecan pie. <laughs> These are fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a tea company with a chicken twist. And if you go on her Instagram, she shows lots of pictures of her chickens. She loves them lots. She has some silkies and all other kinds. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to give that small business a little shout out for retail therapy. Absolutely. Go give her some love. Okay, so shall we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week. Oh, how coincidental. (laughs) Next week, we are spotlighting one of the greatest chicken breeds of all time. The Brahma. One of your faves. Aha. Uh-huh. Next week is also our monthly roundtable with Fiona. 
And lots of you have been asking for this. We are talking integration. Yes, it's a much needed subject right now. Cracking the eggs. This is fun and funky. We're doing smoked eggs. Yes, something new. Wait till you hear this one. And then for retail therapy, we have a fantastic interview with our friend Trisha. Trisha is mom to Poppy the Crossbeak Chicken. We love them so much. We do, and they have a new children's book out, so you'll want to listen to that one. It's going to be a great week. Okay, so what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.